welcome to episode 19 of the Adelan Rising podcast. In this episode, we talk to Black Bolt author Saladin Ahmed. Saladin is an American science fiction and fantasy writer and poet. His 2012 book, Throne of the Crescent Moon, was nominated for a Hugo Award for Best Novel and won the Locus Award for Best First Novel. Thank you for joining us, Ms. Uh, Saladin. <laughs> Yes, Aladdin. Thank you. <laughs> wow, I gotta tell you, Black Bolt One knocked my socks off. What <clears throat> yeah. a great first issue! Such a good yeah. book. Yeah. Oh gosh, thank you, thank you so much. Nice. Um, and really uh, great. Although an accomplished writer, novelist, and poet, uh, this is your first foray into comic books. How has it been so far? Uh, it's been fantastic. I'm. Uh, I'm really enjoying kind of uh, digging into it as a form. Uh, it's, you know, it's a bit, it's a bit odd for me because on the one hand, I really learned how to read and write from comic books. So it, I, I've been thinking about them as stories, um, longer than I've been thinking about prose, uh, prose novels, you know? Um, <clears throat> but it's a very different thing coming to the form kind of from the uh from the inside as a creator and uh it's been um it's been a real it's been a challenge but also a real joy to learn the form you know it's uh there's all sorts of differences when you're working uh uh in comics and when you're working in prose and you know some of the biggest have to do with kind of collaboration um you know which I expect later we'll talk a bit about Christian and the art and stuff like that um, but, uh, but it's, it's just even learning to scale back your writing and let the, the artist tell the story, um, has been, has been, uh, kind of in, an informative process. So I've, I've just been, I've been having a blast. Yeah. It's, um, uh, were you familiar with, uh, the Inhumans before you came on board to write this book? <clears throat> yeah. Um, well, uh, I've. You know, I've, I've always had, you know, a handful of DC heroes who I've sort of been attracted to, but really, um, you know, at my core, I've always been a Marvel kind of fanboy. Um, and, uh, <laughs> um, I, I, I figured you guys would, would sympathize. <laughs> so, um, uh, I, you know, I mean, as a kid, I devoured like, you know, the, the handbooks to the Marvel universe and things like that. So, um, as soon as Will mentioned Black Bolt to me, you know, these, this, kind of fat cheap popped into my head. I know he can't talk. I know he blows up things when he speaks. He's the king. And uh, he has this this funky, iconic Jack Kirby costume with the weird little wings and stuff, the tuning fork, right? And, uh, <clears throat> and of course, Lockjaw, right? So, um, uh, <clears throat> so those, you know, I, I, all these immediate associations popped into my head. Um, and, uh, but, um, I have been really only reading comics kind of sporadically the past few years, um, at least reading new comics um, sporadically the past few years, and, and not all that's been superhero comics. So I wasn't necessarily familiar with kind of uh, what Marvel had been doing with the, the Inhumans the past few years, you know? So um, uh, I had this kind of frozen in time, funky 70s um, picture of, of the characters, and it was really kind of interesting seeing what's happened to them the, the past few years and kind of putting those two, two pictures together. Yeah. That's um, awesome. yeah, it's very cool. Oh, the funky seventies era of the humans was the best in some respects. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, a, a little while back you wrote a tweet that really stuck with me. It was in regards to game of Thrones. Um, mm -hmm. in it, you wrote, I love game of Thrones, but I'm really tired of its argument that people need leaders who have the strength to be total fucking monsters. <laughs> uh, you recall tweeting that? <laughs> I don't recall tweeting it. Oh, God. <laughs> well, uh, I, didn't, well, I didn't know you were going to drag it. No, Well, first off, I totally agree. Um, <laughs> it spoke to me. Um, more to the point, however, I feel like this also uh, speaks a good deal to one of the central themes you might be looking to address with Black Bolt. Um, you know, the, the strength to be a leader, but that, that doesn't necessarily doing, mean doing terrible things. Um, am I off base with that? Uh, no, you're not off base with that. I think, um, 
I, I will say, first of all, I think the most recent season of Game of Thrones <laughs> redeemed itself in that <laughs> we started to finally see some sort of glimmers of kind of a uh, 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 kind leadership, uh, uh, be you know, rewarding, being rewarded. But, right. So I do, I do feel that the need to edit that. But um, uh, no, I, I mean, definitely, kind of kingship and power and. Uh, all this stuff is stuff I'm interested in with thinking about Black Bolt. Um, I, I mean, this is a character who was, you know, before he was born, he was a king, you know, <laughs> he was raised to be this. And uh, um, really his entire life uh, was about kind of this focus on, on his people and on being this sovereign. And uh, um, <clears throat> I think that there's a kind of trope, in uh western storytelling right that's uh this heavy is the head that wears the crown thing right yes. and uh i've i've never been particularly sympathetic to it um because really uh i, I mean and you know i'm really a dyed in the wool you know kind of old school leftist in a lot of ways and uh to me the uh i, I think those stories people have told lots of very interesting stories about you know um rulers who have hard decisions to make and how tough that is and uh but really i i i think the far more interesting stories are like you know but what you know what wh who got hurt by those decisions you know and um and so one of um i i think there's something that almost uh obscures power relations when you make it all about how hard it is to be powerful right yes and um um uh so for me coming to black bolt really um on the surface, there's the, the, there is some of that sort of um, the, the, there's certainly a lot of wrangling with his decisions, but I'm less interested in kind of showing how how tough it is to be the king, as I am interested in in showing him showing this character uh, some some of what it's meant for him to be a king and who's gotten hurt by him being a king and, and have him wrangle with that, um, uh, if that I makes don't... sense. No, that makes great sense. In fact, wow. it's uh, perfect. Uh, you know, the the stories that just preceded this, you know, has to do with all the fallout of the decisions he had made and how it affected both his fellow Inhumans and how it affected all the mutants who composed mm -hmm. the X Men. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's I think it's very timely, and um, I, I'm excited to hear that that's. Uh, the direction we're going with um yeah the, the, there's there's definitely going to be some uh it, it, the the series opens very um mysteriously obviously but uh there's there's going to be some explicit uh considerations of the the ethics of terrigen <laughs> right a little a little later on so. oh that's good i can't wait for the second issue um the first issue just like blew me away with just it was just so different from every any comic i had read recently and it just kind of sucked me in and i i don't need, i can't even express words with how good black bolt number one was but you need to keep writing comics because thank you so much that's so <laughs> so nice i really appreciate that you know in, in uh at the end of the issue you sort of uh provide a, an open letter to the readers uh touching on a lot of the, the themes that we should expect um, to, to see, and uh, one of the, one of the questions you sort of ask is, you know, what happens when you put people in cages? Mm -hmm. um, speaking of cages, this cosmic gulag where Black Bolt has found himself—does it have a name? No, it's just the prison, at least so far. The prison. Um, <laughs> the design is amazing, and I, I, you know, I'm, I, what when you when you gave the script to to Mr. Ward um, to illustrate, did you give him specific notes about how you wanted the the, the prison to look? Yeah, I did, um, uh, and we did a, a lot of back and forth, um, kind of based on that, and uh, really the the look that I told Christian I wanted to capture was this sort of a kind of synthesis between um, this sort of, uh, um, I don't know, Neo Kirby, um, like, you know, space, kind of space tech, you know, right. lots of weird lines running everywhere that are sort of like circuitry or something. And um, uh, so that, that sort of Kirby tech look, but a, but a sort of updated version of it, not a, not a 
sort of straight homage, right? Um, uh, Kind of synthesized with a a sort of... uh, it's, it's interesting you use, I think you're the first person to use the word gulag, and I think that's, it's, it's a good one. Um, synthesized with a kind of, you know, almost Victorian prison house, right? Um, and, uh, uh, Christian, I mean, he's just, he's so talented. He, you know, I, I you can put that on, in words on a page, but it's like, you know, that's, <laughs> that's very different than being able to actually, you know, evoke it, you know, in, uh, in a drawing and, uh, in, in, in art and, uh, you know, Christian, did that and and more so it was beautiful you know as uh, black bull after he escapes uh the the initial room where he's incarcerated mm-hmm. he's wandering through and it's this amazing kirby mc escher mm-hmm. wildness that he's walking through there are like frescoes in the wall that have portraits of him and his brother and his family are that are those just things that he's imagining there, or are those actually painted? No, well, it's uh, it's it's that's a bit hard to say. That's a bit yeah, hard okay. to say. And one one of the things we're gonna find out about this place is that um, it is, you know, it is not everything it seems, and the nature of reality in this prison is uh, is going to be subject to some questions. So, um, but uh, I will say that that. Uh, Kind of uh, decoratively, that was Christian's touch, and uh, as a way to kind of literalize the flashbacks. And uh, it was, it was as soon as he said that, I said, "Yes, that's awesome." So, <laughs> <laughs> it's very cool looking. Yeah. Uh, you know, the one thing that kind of stands out. I mean, there's so much symmetry in in the prison itself, but every now and then, there, there's a bunch of uh, red pupiled eyeballs uh, peppered throughout. Mm-hmm. What well, I've kind of felt like maybe that was your suggestion. No, that was actually Christian as well. Um, okay. uh, the, the kind of panopticon feeling, right, of uh, always being watched, which was, um, you know, I, I, again, that was a sort of uh, mood note that I had indicated to, to Christian, this idea that, you know, there's, there's always eyes on you in this place. But then, again, he literalized this in a way that was just like so creepy and perfect that I, that, uh, you know, it blew me away. Wow, the Panopticon, very cool. Mm-hmm. Pulling out the Jeremy Bentham. Yeah, well, you know, I did. I uh, did go to graduate school. I'm afraid. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it's cool. I mean, I, I think that it, it matches perfectly because there is that kind of Foucault feel to it all. It's uh, oh, yeah. very creepy, yeah. <laughs> it, and it's interesting because when we finally do meet the jailer, he mm-hmm. has this uh, shroud over his eyes. This mm-hmm. uh, Air sat uh, uh, Lady Justice with uh, impartial scales kind of deal, but it's clear he's been watching everything. Um, yeah, there's, it's hard to get creepier than a you know a, a piece of cloth covering part of your face and you don't know why. Right? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. You know, there's there's just something uh, universally creepy about that. We went through a lot of designs on the jailer, and uh, um, I, a Christian actually uh, posted a couple kind of outtakes of it um, in an interview he did, um, I think Newsroom or somewhere, and. Uh, yeah, it was the that that was probably the biggest um, most of the kind of you know the revamp of of Blackwell's costume, the kind of d- interiors for the prison, most of his kind of co uh, inmates. Um, we got to the designs pretty quickly, but the jailer was you know Christian put a lot of work in <laughs> getting to that final design. Yeah, he's very creepy looking, and mm-hmm. um, I mean he's he seems to have uh, almost quasi-godlike powers, um, mm-hmm. yeah. including the ability to kill and resurrect his inmates. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's, you know, it kind of makes me think about um, uh, the Hindu principles of karma and samsara. Is that mm-hmm. something you wanted him to, to put forth? Not necessarily. I hadn't thought about that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, obviously not not real, but um, mm-hmm. but manufactured this. I, I feel like yeah. he he's got chains on him. I, yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. I'm not asking for spoilers, but I kind of feel like he was an inmate and has taken over the prison or something. Um, <clears throat> but no spoilers. I understand. Um, he's. I will. I will. I, I'm not. I won't say one word more about the nature of the jailer because, uh, or or really of the prison itself because. It's it, it's not so much um, a dun 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 reveal, but uh, <laughs> but there's a uh, there 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 are some some notes that I think people are going to be um, enjoy being surprised by, and and they have kind of thematic residents. So 
You know, having, uh, as I was saying earlier, that uh, I'm a huge fan of, of Throne of the Crescent Moon, uh, which is your 2012 novel. Um, and having read it, I, 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 it seems as though an aspect of storytelling that you both enjoy and excel at is the ensemble cast and utilizing different points of view. I imagine writing a solo series with a singular central protagonist is an interesting change of pace for you. Oh, that's uh, that's that's um, first of all very kind of you to say. And uh, yeah, I you know <clears throat> I do love ensemble casts, and uh, um, more to the point, I love casts of of people who support each other. And um, uh, you know, I I love watching. There's all sorts of TV shows I love where people are horribly nasty to each other, and you don't know who's a friend and who's an enemy. Um, but uh, you know, I really I grew up on um, you know the old Claremont X Men and on the Next Generation and on things like that, right? Where um, you had these these teams of people whose, whose personalities conflicted and stuff, but but who were this kind of uh, this kind of brought together family, you know? And uh, <clears throat> um, that. I think even writing a solo book, some aspect of that is is in my DNA as a writer. And uh, so Black Bolt is absolutely the center of this this book, and it's his book. Um, but one of the ways in which we get to know Black Bolt um, is going to be through the people that uh, that he ends up surrounded by, and that cast will shift a bit um, here and there. But um, uh, beginning, uh, you know, in the first issue. Uh, as we see him start to bounce up against uh, uh, Crusher Creel, um, uh, <laughs> who I that, love. That, that's, yes. that's, uh, I, thank you. Um, that that's the kind of beginning of this this book. That and Black Bolt is, of course, a kind of uniquely positioned guy to do that with because you know most of the time he's not speaking. So um, uh, uh, on the one hand, you know he's always been defined by the people around him, right? He's never had a solo book, even though he's been around 50 years, bizarre. Um, and uh, he's um, he's always had somebody else speaking for him, right? Uh, literally in the comics. And so on the one hand, I want to strip that away and get into him as an individual character. But um, but again, I think I think using other characters to help do that is, is one of the is one of the most effective and fun ways um, uh, to get at him. So we are going to see a, a kind of, I, I guess, a light ensemble <laughs> cast uh, kind of start to emerge around him. So in the in the short run, though, we can expect uh, <clears throat> Creel, Crusher Creel and Blinky and this very <clears throat> cool-looking scroll space pirate lady um, be a, they, for the time being play a more significant role in the story moving forward. Yes, yes. They, the, all, all those faces we got glimpses of in the first issue um, we will get to know better in the subsequent issues. You know, another of the questions that you you note in the letter at the back of the first issues was it what does it mean to be a father? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm a big time and long time fan of Black Bolt and Medusa's son Ahura. Uh-huh. Yet it kind of feels like Black Bolt might find himself possibly playing something of a father figure to this young Blinky character, the the alien girl who has a name that can't really be pronounced with mm-hmm. uh, human words, so she just has Blinky. <clears throat> um, does that sound about right? Well, I guess y'all will have to read and find out. <laughs> <laughs> Such a tease. Any, any chance that we might see Ahura at some point down the line? There's a, a um, uh, well, Black Bolt is in space prison, so I don't know <laughs> how in the heck he could possibly ever find his way home, but were he to do so somehow someday, um, yeah, that seems like one of the uh, people he has some some catching up to do with, right? Yeah. I I actually have a question for you. Um, speaking of escaping okay. the prison, um, how much co- uh, collaboration have you done with Al Ewing to make sure you guys kind of keep your stories? Because if you've been reading Royals, like mm-hmm. it's just really nice how they kind of are currently bouncing off each other. So that that it's been so bizarre because uh, uh, we literally didn't do any collaboration whatsoever. It will um, who's editing both books uh, didn't do any kind of synchronizing. Really, it was literally just the continuity writers or editors kind of checking, making sure that that we don't have any like you know that that we're not like contradicting each other's books. But when I looked at Al's scripts to do that to just kind of make sure there's nothing, I was like this really reads like we're 
been working together, you know, kind of both kind of plot wise with a lot of stuff with Maximus and, and, and Black Bolt and, and kind of thematic stuff, right. the kind of the, the pass, the passing of the, of, of, of sovereignty sort of, and, uh, um, the family dynamics and, and all this stuff. Um, it, it really, it, it was really kind of astonishing to see like how these linked up. And then, um, you know, uh, um, Priest is going to be writing uh, a sort of a little prequel mini. Uh, and that was sort of like, you know, when I, I mean, I can't obviously talk too much about that, but what, what I heard about that was like, oh my God, this like is going to all line up really well without having to have tried to do so. So Ooh, I can't yeah, wait. Can, yeah. Oh man. I, I was pretty stoked to see that we're tackling the same character. He's really, uh, 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 Priest is really probably what brought me back into reading comics for the first time in many, many years with his run on Black Panther. So, so amazing. Um, uh, he's, he's really one of my favorite living comics writers. So that's superhero comics writer. So that's, uh, that's cool that we're kind of going to be writing aspects of the same character. And, and for those out there listening, uh, Will that we're referring to is Will Moss, who is the uh, group editor for the uh, Inhuman books. Yeah, and he's uh, doing a phenomenal job. He is I think. awesome. Will, Will, you know, editors don't get enough credit in, in this business, and Will is like he's he's not just doing all the Inhumans books and giving them their weird flavor, but he's uh, he he brought Thomas Coats on for uh, Black Panther. He uh, uh, is doing Squirrel Girl. He was the one editing the Vision. So, um, you know, he's he's really kind of making room for some really weird, cool stuff there at Marvel. Incredibly, yeah, well, po- incredibly popular books as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, people, yeah. I think people, when they see something different, most people, there's always a vocal minority, <laughs> but uh, most people are like, oh, cool, interesting, you know? Yeah, some, somewhere that way. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, another wonderful character in uh, Throne of the Crescent Moon is actually the city of Dumsawat itself, which is this amazing place. It's kind of like Adelan mixed with Land's End, mixed with Riverdale, mixed with mythical Babylon, all smushed together. It's really awesome. And it it kind of uh, makes me want to see how you would write Adelan or New Adelan or old, Old Adelan. It, it, might there be any flashback scenes where we get to see a bit of the old life? There, 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 there may be, um, yes, some brief ones that pop up. Uh, and definitely, um, even just kind of approaching, uh, a kind of black, the world that made Black Bolt, even if we're not seeing it physically right now, right? Um, that's, uh, I mean, I think that's, you know, a great part of why uh, Will was interested in, in bringing me on in the first place was that, me being a fantasy writer and there's this weird way in which the inhumans world has always been this sort of fantasy science fiction world in the middle of a superhero world. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, um, uh, absolutely to me, when I think about old Adelan, um, I approach it with the, the kind of world building mentality that I, you know, bring to when I'm thinking about a fantasy setting. Now I'm obviously not created this setting, so I have to, kind of work within uh, a sandbox that's there already. But, uh, but I, I think that my approach to it is definitely uh, uh, as a kind of fantastic civilization, a fantasy civilization, the same way as if I was writing like a hundred thousand word fantasy novel. Right. I mean, the, the, the way in which the, the, the Caliph rules uh, Damsawad is, is kind of similar to how the Royal family ruled Adelan. Mm. I mean, mm. they, these were heroes, but they weren't always, good guys or or uh, morally uh wonderful mm-hmm. um so very cool um you know with the, the nature of black bolt's power he can't speak or his words quite literally are destructive and in as such he's sometimes felt as this kind of metaphorical representation of masculine strength as being cold and stoic and withholding not allowing his emotions and um I think about a character like Dr. Adula from Throne of the Crescent Moon, and I get the sense that you don't really see masculine strength in this way as being especially attractive or necessary or even effective. Um, is this something you want to touch on with Black Bolt? Wow. These are such good questions. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> this is why um, we have Doc on the podcast. Exactly, right? <laughs> That's why they put up with me. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, no, uh, definitely like toxic masculinity as it has been, you know, kind of branded recently, uh, is, uh, is, is, um, a big part of how I think, uh, of, uh, Black Bolt, um, and also, um, of, of, uh, Crusher, who's sort of his co-star, uh, in the, uh, kind of first arc here. Um, and I, you know, there's a lot of TV and movies and stuff out there, um, that sort of aims to critique that, I think. Um, and, uh, really just ends up reinforcing. And, and again, kind of the similar thing with the, the critique of power, with this idea of, of a, of a conflicted ruler. Um, I think there's a lot of stuff out there that, that aims to critique the idea of the strong silent man, but really ends up kind of in love with it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, and it's hard not to be, you know, it's hard not to be the, 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 the guy who just handles shit and doesn't, you know, talk a lot about it and is just sort of, I mean, that, that's a very compelling kind of, uh, cinematic archetype, right? Sure. And, um, uh, there will be moments where we'll get that out of Black Bolt. I mean, like, who doesn't love the moment where he, you know, finally decides to kick ass where the hero who's been restrained is like, okay, no, yeah. unleashes, right? Um, but, uh, absolutely. Uh, I think, uh, kind of lurking behind all that is, is, is there's a critique of, um, of masculinity of, um, you know, uh, when, when, I, when, without, again, without giving too much away, I think, um, Black Bull is going to have to start asking himself, uh, what kind of a ruler and what kind of a man, uh, uh, doesn't nurture. Right. right. And, uh, and, and, you know, well, how he'll get asked that, we'll see. Right. Right. Cause he's kind of lost everything. Yeah. Uh, his, his, his wife, his kingdom, yeah. his son. Um, now for, uh, for the time being, he actually can speak. The, the jailer mm-hmm. has done something to neutralize his powers. Um, so we, it must be kind of daunting to try and give a voice to someone who's never speaks. <laughs> how does, how does that person talk? Um, um, you know, I, I, I did think about it a fair amount, how he would speak. And, uh, uh, you know, not everybody's going to agree with my decision. <laughs> um, but, uh, he, he, he's slightly antiquated in the way he talks. Um, kind of like somebody who's studied, you know, English as a foreign language really well, but, uh, um, doesn't like actually talk to people in conversational English. Sure. Uh, um, and, uh, uh, I, I definitely thought about that. So he, he he's going to sound. I mean, he de- he doesn't go towards Thor levels, but uh, his his his, uh, <laughs> his his dialect is intended to be. You know, I mean, it, it's interesting because I've loved Charles Run on Inhumans recently, and I, what what is incredible that I think he's done is the way in which he's kind of brought this weird artifact of science fiction fantasy uh into the 21st century right i think um by kind of um uh making the inhumans you know public in the way that they are and um the conflict with the mutants and uh bring diversifying you know uh, the inhumans i think um it's been a really interesting take um my take is a little different in that um i think he's the most recent books have been really interested in the inhumans and how they kind of uh, slot into the modern world, right? And I think, um, what I'm doing with, with Black Bolt at least, um, is kind of taking him back to the kind of weirder fantasy sci-fi roots and then kind of, I don't know, um, still thinking about their place in the modern world, but, uh, kind of putting some of that stuff at, back at the center and, uh, and, um, definitely with the kind of, um, with thinking about Adelan as a culture and with thinking about, um, Black Bolt and the questions he's going to have to ask himself and face. Um, uh, that's where some of that stuff's come from. I'm sorry, that was a bit of a ramble. No, no, <laughs> well, that was great. Awesome. I, I love it. I mean, I agree with you in regards to what Mr. Soul did. Um, and I think, in a lot of ways, that was what he was asked to do. Modernize these characters, make them a exactly. little more um, appealing to the mainstream, which mm-hmm. he did a great job of, but at the same I time, so. it, a lot of the specialness of... of because. I love the Inhumans because they're so weird, yeah. um, and I don't agree with them on a moral level at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
Um, but uh, I don't want them to become the X-Men. I like who they are. Um, so I'm digging what you're doing and what Mr. Ewing's doing um, in sort of bringing the freak flag back. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I was about to say, I, know, I really loved the way that you, you did kind of do that in a monologue kind of thing. Although it was like mm-hmm. third person, uh, written in third person, but you, you could always got a sense that it was Black Bolt that was, you know, thinking to himself, talking to himself in his own head. And it was, I really, really enjoyed that about this book. Well, I'm so glad that, that, that you did because there, I've almost felt like, you know, as an author, I will never speak to anyone talking about my work on the internet unless they say something nice directly to me and then I say thank <laughs> you. Right? But, but there have been people talking about it and, uh, and people are trying to figure out who is narrating the first issue. And it's, it's a little bit baffling to me because I'm like, oh, it's, it's Black Bolt. I mean, it's, it's third person. And this is, a, this is a thing of disconnect from prose technique to comics technique, right? Mm-hmm. In a prose novel, you would instantly know, oh, this is, it's third person, but I'm inside this character's head, right? Third person right. limited. Um, but comics readers are not used to that in their, in their captions. And so there are, there have been a few people who's like, who think someone is telling his story and, um, um, uh, and possibly that, that might even emerge from the fact that that is what's going on, I think, in Al's book, actually, or at least those first couple issues with, uh, the ancient one, right? Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, no, that's Blackbird. That's definitely in his head. And yeah, he, he thinks in kind of slightly ridiculous prose. Um, <laughs> I know that there are going to be some people who are going to have beef with the writing style on this book, right? Um, and it is slightly pompous in places, and it's absolutely intentional, and it's absolutely a kind of hearkening back to that Stan Lee um, uh, kind of prose uh, at, that, um, you know, that, that launched these guys, yeah, right? Yeah. I think there's something epic in that, and I would rather, um, I would rather get a little ridiculous and a little purple in the writing and uh, and retain that epic edge, then uh, then shed it completely. So. Well, I think that's I think that's a really really good. To be honest with you, it's, it's always it's always nice to see because the humans are known for that kind of thing, which is great. So mm. thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> and I I actually think I I mean some people are confused, but I think in 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 the long run, it seems to me that that's what grabbed a lot of people's attention about the book. Mm-hmm. And I've just seen just seen so i see nothing but good things about it and i i really i'm so excited (laughs) oh yay (laughs) you know along with being a really fun fantasy novel uh throne of the crescent moon is also really funny uh with a lot of clever lines and some good laugh out loud moments um the first issue black bolt beautiful and dark but not a lot of laughs I get the sense with the preview pages, the preview images we've seen so far for issue two, that that maybe you're going to get a chance to interject a little of your humor into the story. Is that sound about right? Yeah, I uh, um, I I always like laughing when I'm reading something, and so I always try, no matter how dark uh, the thing I'm writing is, to have at least you know at least one line that will, even if it's a kind of bitter laugh, will make somebody um, chuckle, you know, and so. Uh, um, and, and really, Crusher is the sort of uh, uh, <laughs> locus for this in the book, right? Is uh, somebody who can, um, you know, you have one character that either is not speaking or is, is speaking um, in this kind of very regal and, and distant way. And then you have another character who's just this kind of wise ass from the Bronx, right? right. And uh, um, that's that he, he is he is what will kind of let some air into the book in terms of. In terms of humor and uh, and and snark, yeah, I don't know if it was if it was you or or Mr. Ward who who tweeted a brief panel from the upcoming issue where where Creel is is cackling over learning Black Bolt's given name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we I, that that was sort of the elephant in the room. Is uh, I, I I I could not I in the first issue I, I I had to play it straight right, and so. I, you know, I have Blackagar Boltagon there right up front. And it's so funny because a number of people are like, oh, you get points for embracing that, right? Not for well, <laughs> trying to rush from on it. On Twitter, it right. seems like it's uh, Jamie McKelvey and... Uh, <laughs> yes. Curse you, like Jamie. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's his, that's his beef. But um, <laughs> no, I, I, so I had to play it straight. But, you know, somebody's got to make fun of it at some point. So, that, you know... <laughs> Really, well, really, Crusher is the voice for all all the things that I, you know, 
I want to make fun of about Black Bolt, but that, you know, as the writer, I, I have to take seriously. Right? Right. He's the Jackie Gleason id in the room. Huh? <laughs> right. Right. Maybe a little Don Rickles. Ah, <laughs> oh, oh, rest his soul. Um, so you, 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 uh, I understand you've got scripts turned in for quite a few future issues. Yeah, I, um, uh, I mean, I won't, you know, get exactly into what's done, how far, but, uh, yeah, a few issues ahead of the game. Um, I mean, I've, I've, like I say, uh, I really have kind of taken to, uh, to writing, um, comics in a way that, uh, almost, I mean, it doesn't surprise me, but it's felt really wonderful and, and it's just been flowing. So, uh, um, I'm already digging into the the second arc, which is which is oh. outlined and and now being written. So. Now I, I I assume <laughs> that 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 Black Bolt and at least hopefully most of his pals escape, but we're we're gonna stay in the cosmos for a while. I don't. They're not going back to Earth anytime soon. Is that correct? I am not going to say anything about <laughs> <that>. <laughs> I, not, not, I am not Darn it. For denying either nice try, of those Doc. <laughs> That's fair enough. Oh. Yeah, well, I suppose. I had to ask. Um, Sp- speaking of um, Christian Ward, though, um, it, it just mm-hmm. seems like the art has just paired up so amazingly well. Um, I don't know, did you yeah. read, did you read um, the Od- Odyssey book by uh Christian. you know i didn't i didn't dig into it until um i was told who my artist was going to be and then i you know and okay. started looking up and i was like oh my god this is perfect yeah yes. so yeah would, yeah would, i he's he's amazing would um would writing so like that because because your writing style in black bolt would actually fit kind of like a you know retelling of some ancient or you know really quite classic nope, literature. I'm sorry you, you chopped up there for a second. Oh sorry. Um so my question would be uh, you know would you ever be interested in doing like some sort of comic book retelling of um some you know classic literature in comic book form? <laughs> 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 uh, oh that was a <laughs> uh it is uh it is entirely possible that there are uh, pitches out there in the world that might um might echo that description. Uh oh. That's about That's all fair. I could say. That's fair enough. <laughs> yeah. That's fair enough. Um, well, I, I caught a lot of vibrations of the uh, the of Dostoevsky's The Grand Inquisitor in issue one, so they're already yeah. There's, there, there is absolutely that, uh, and 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 Kafka as well. That sort of uh, sense of of being in prison and having no idea why, right? And right. so, and that's and that 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 kind of sense of uh, a justice system that. Uh, is is really just kind of on autopilot and might not have a lot to do with justice uh, is, is is absolutely going to be at the center of this book. Hmm. Sounds good. Lots to look forward to. <laughs> yeah. So so way back in in 2012, you wrote a terrific piece uh, for Salon.com mm-hmm. about uh, um, uh, race and the game and Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um, and in it, um, you know, specifically, they're talking about the way in which uh, George Martin is kind of the uh, the, the J.R. Tolkien of our um, of the of our modern era. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you said that you know when Time Magazine dubbed Martin the American Tolkien, it highlighted not only how great Martin is, his his astonishing genius in world building, um, but also the ideological baggage. That all of us writing in this genre have inherited from our shared progenitor. Progenitor? <laughs> um, you know, it, in many respects, some of that same ideological baggage exists in the realm of Western comic books, um, very much mm-hmm. so with the Inhumans, mm-hmm. who are this ethnic, eth- ethnically homogenous race uh, who practice eugenics and maintain mm-hmm. slaves. Um, is this a, a theme that you would like to tackle in Black Bolt? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I, you know, I will say that um, I, I think all of our trying to wrangle through some of this stuff is always going to be imperfect. I, uh, I, you know, that article, um, partially because it got slapped with a very unfortunate title by uh, Salon, um, <laughs> really kind of was taken as, oh, this guy's, you know, this guy's calling George R. R. Martin a racist, which is really troubling because George and I are friends, actually. I mean, not close friends, but he's, he's, he's been very supportive 
of my work and uh, is, is, you know, an excellent person. Um, and, you know, we've talked about the fact that I think there are some shortcomings in some of his work in some of those areas. And uh, he's his take has basically been, yeah, probably. I'm a middle-aged white guy. And, <laughs> you know, um, I probably, you know, I, I mean, he, you know, he, when we actually interact about this stuff, it's so much more cordial and in the context of writers supporting each other than the kind of internet shorthand makes it seem, you know? And uh, I guess for me, coming to comics, I have uh, a pretty similar take. Um, you know, I, I certainly... Um, uh, and, you know, we can talk about the kind of micro example of, of the Inhumans and all this kind of their antiquated society and stuff like that and, and taking that to task. But even just the larger culture kind of i think of of comics which is really what the, the game of thrones article was was more about kind of epic fantasy not so much portraying kind of antiquated stuff as, as the field itself kind of um having having some of these problems and 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 i think comics does have a lot of the same baggage and um i've um you know my interactions so far with folks um uh, with fandom in particular has been uh, almost exclusively positive um and and um so far i'm maybe not pushing people as hard as i hope to eventually in uh in my work it's been a very weird um thing for me as a writer uh because i've always written um pretty much every story novel everything i've ever written almost has uh, had a protagonist uh, who's a person of color you know, um, and so, you know, people started making noises about me possibly writing comics a couple of years ago on, on Twitter and such. And it would always kind of like I, I appreciated the sentiment, but always infuriate me that people would say, oh, you, you should write The Arabian Night. Right? This oh, Marvel's boy, one no. kind of a, <laughs> obscure, like uh, 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 who I, I will say Christos Gage did a, 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 a as good if I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his, his last name right. The, the Daredevil TV writer who's also done a lot of comics writing, he did a really good job of reinventing uh, the Arabian Night as, as much as that character could be rehabilitated. So I, I wouldn't be opposed to taking him on at some point, but uh, just having people instantly typecast you like that was so frustrating. And so it's been really kind of uh, mind-blowing taking on this kind of square-jawed, white-looking uh, hero um, uh, who's a king and is, is really the opposite of the kinds of people whose stories I usually am interested in telling. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, even just leaving aside all the race stuff, I mean, class wise, almost always writing about, um, working class, you know, protagonists. Um, that's my own background. And, um, so it's, it's, it's been, uh, it's been a bit of a trip kind of, uh, coming to black bolt. Um, but uh, it's it's definitely a way to interrogate some stuff that that I want to interrogate. Now I'm 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 not necessarily interested in a an entire catalog of um, of the sort of sins of old Adelan, right? Um, I'm, I'm I'm probably not going to dig real heavy into the Alpha Primitives or anything like that, right? Because um, uh, I, I I'm trying to balance. Um, sort of making <laughs> making this a, a, a sympathetic if we really i think really 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 thought hard about the royal family for too long i don't i think it'd be indefensible to take <laughs> treat them <laughs> as protagonists probably right so um so i there's this balance and also um you know one thing i haven't talked about a lot is i really want this book to be friendly to new readers you know now right um you know the folks listening to the podcast here are going to probably be hardcore fans, you know, so, um, it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, but for people to understand who are, might look at certain decisions I might make about, um, kind of how much information I provide, you know, it's really easy to overwhelm people who are not, um, comics people, you know, um, or who are not in humans people even. Uh, and so my challenge from the get here has sort of been to, to kind of, allude to all that lore and uh and make some gestures towards things that have happened before and think about them but um you know not in such a way that the book's just tied down by by continuity and history cool yeah that um, is got to be tough 
So I actually have another question. Speaking of positive fan interactions, uh, it looks like uh, the actor portraying Black Bolt in the upcoming Inhuman series tweets you a little yeah. bit often. <laughs> What's that like? And oh, he like, totally no. is behind your uh, your book, and he's been. I see that he's been promoting it, and it doesn't seem to me like it's something Marvel put him up to. It just seems he genuine, genuinely is like all in. Into it. Yeah, no, I'm you know I'm uh, I'm geeked to see uh, uh, Anson Mount play Black Bolt because he you know there there was an interview with him a few years ago maybe a couple years ago uh, when he was doing Hell on Wheels and somebody randomly just asked oh, oh Marvel or DC right was one of the questions this is before he was you know I think in consideration for anything and and he was just like Marvel definitely right <laughs> and so I was like oh that's that's what I, when I saw that somebody alluded to that interview they were like okay he he's He's got some cred, and as soon as he got the part, he changed his uh, his Twitter pick to like the tuning fork and yeah. a, a Hamlet quote about silence and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, no, he um, Anson came to me and was just—I mean, we've never met in person or even talked on the phone, just Twitter. But he uh, he reached out to me and was just like, you know, just like good luck with the book. What can I do? It was really nice, and uh, um, I, oh, cool. I think you know, I, I haven't gotten any kind of special glimpse of of the series or anything, the TV show and the comic world are just absolutely separate and marvel they're, they're two literally two different companies so yeah. um uh you know i i didn't know there was going to be a tv show this is this is a funny story it's like i had no idea there was a, i mean you know everybody knew there was some inhumans project on the horizon somewhere but nobody knew exactly what it was or when it was coming and uh i'm like a couple scripts into the book you know uh, having just been hired and uh, both Will Moss and I found out on Twitter, right, <laughs> that, oh, there's going to be an Inhumans TV show this fall. And I, it, it was such a trip because, uh, I, you know, I'm thinking of myself as working on this completely cult character. And now all of a sudden this is this character that people are going to see on ABC TV, you know, <laughs> uh, every week. It, 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 it was my, kind of mind-blowing. So when, you know, Anson made contact, he was just, he was just super supportive. And I think... You know, I haven't gotten any glimpses into the show or anything, but the little he and I have talked, I, I think he's really committed to this. I think so. Um, you know, I know some folks have had some skepticism and stuff like that based on probably not super exhaustive materials, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm really trying to keep an open mind. And, uh, if his enthusiasm is indicative of anything, at least his performance, certainly, um, I'm pretty excited to see. Me too. So I'm really, That's I'm really, awesome. um, I'm really hoping that I, I, I'm assuming that the the trade of Black Bolt will come out at a similar time to uh, the TV show. So I'm kind of hoping that you know you get a boost from it, and Marvel Comics will get a boost from it. So, which is, which will be exciting to see. Yeah, so, me too. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm nervous, but uh, um. <laughs> Just because, uh, you know, I mean, with with like Batman, Superman, the Avengers, everyone knows these characters, everyone loves yeah. them, but the Inhumans are relatively unknown. And uh, well, um, you say that, but Guardians of the Galaxy were relative unknowns in you know 2012, 2000, no, 2014 even. Yeah, uh, so it's, it's it's really bizarre. All all of this stuff for me. I mean, I I I don't know how how old you all are, but I'm you know I'm 41, and uh, the fact that anybody beyond like Captain America, Spider-Man, Superman, and the Hulk, like the, the you know, Wonder Woman, maybe. You know, there, there's these five or six superheroes when I was a kid that people knew who they were, and now there's just it's like like people who know who Nick Fury is. That that was inconceivable <laughs> to me as a, as a child. You know, um, yes. you know, people know who Daredevil is. No, but like like um, it, it's it's so I you know I, I will never say never on any property ever again. I think it's it's really kind of like what what the you know, companies are willing to put a push behind and what connects with people. So, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, so I mean, it's... I, I, sorry, Doc. I was about to say I, I remember a friend of mine saying that Ant Man uh, was a movie in which Marvel could literally put anything out and <laughs> yeah, it yeah, would do well because I mean, Ant Man was just yeah. a just such a crazy character to try and yeah make a movie out of. <laughs> that was a fun movie, yeah. though. It was a really fun movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, sorry. yeah, at the same time. Uh, the, the the way in which things have uh, bifurcated out between uh, Fox and Disney uh, has has created this animus within the industry of the, mm -hmm. the you know X Men fans, hardcore X Men fans, feeling kind of angry towards Marvel for not pushing the X Men as strongly, and a lot of that has has uh, 
by Hooker Crook centralized onto the Inhumans. Um, yeah, I had I had no idea what I was in for. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I'm a pretty um, you know voracious internet reader, so you know, I, I I as soon as I got the gig, I started to kind of see where people were, at. and and yeah, I, I just had no idea that I was stepping into this minefield. <laughs> you want mutants to die? <laughs> it's like, right? No, not really. I don't. I was about to say, did you come across the first RBS of all? They're not real, things. and second of all, no, I don't want them to die. But. Um, it's I think that I think that even some of the people I mean, there, there are certain people who are sort of like, I'll never read an Inhumans book, no matter what. Screw you, Marvel. That's I, I'll never get those readers. It's fine. Forget them. But uh, for people who've uh, kind of had some questions and some beef with um, with uh, kind of in universe, some of the stuff that's been happening uh, and 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 are kind of have a grudge against the Inhumans, I still think they're going to be interested to see this book and see how that gets picked up. I hope so. It's, uh, it's, um, I imagine this being your first project as a comic book scribe, um, it's rather daunting to step right into this, uh, kind of, uh, civil war that's happening among the fandom. <laughs> well, what's, what's surreal about it is more like stepping into it canonically. You know, I mean, I've, I've, I've always been a nerd with capital O opinions, right? So it's, but it's just a trip to like, Suddenly, like, oh wait, no, this is going to be Marvel's official take on this when I write this and it gets published. So I need to, you know, it, it becomes very fraught. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, switching gears back to to Black Bolt, the story. Um, the Jailer has this real kind of Old Testament feel about what he says. He's got all. He keeps on asking Black Bolt to repent for his crimes and whatnot. Um, it, it, it's uh, it must be interesting because I, I look at your work and and it seems like you're interested in religion with a capital R, not 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 the various different kinds of religions. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I'm not quite sure how what I'm asking here, but um, <laughs> with <laughs> with the jailer, it kind of feels like there's um, a commentary on religious power. Mm. Is that possible? Um, I, I think maybe there's more, and again, uh, without giving too much up, I think what we'll find is maybe it's a more of a commentary on, uh, on those who would, uh, who would claim to be, um, uh, agents of, uh, of authority, right? right. And, uh, um, wh- wh- wherever that authority kind of seems to derive from. So, but, but again, I don't know if I can say much more without revealing. Ah, I keep on trying to pull for spoilers. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Just keep talking about Fred. <laughs> right. uh, well, that's cool. Um, and now, I, I imagine one of the things with writing is that, you know, uh, um, when you, when you write, you can hit like, hit the accelerator sometimes and all of a sudden, you know, whereas sometimes it feels like it's probably pulling teeth to get, get two paragraphs on the page other days maybe you can write a whole bunch but you still have to wait for the illustrator to to catch up um i'm i'm loving the synergy that you and christian ward have um but invariably the uh, uh, marvel will usually throw in a uh, a fill-in artist is is that something that's going to happen with black bolt I can't say anything about okay, that. Okay, you can't say. Uh, yeah. Out, 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 trying out hard, my... man. He's trying I'm so sorry. hard. Pass my pay grade, man. Pass my pay grade. <laughs> because I mean, I, I, I mean, I look back and like I think of like super seminal runs, which I feel this one could be, and I think of like what, um, what Matt Fraction and, uh, gosh, the illustrator did with Iron Man, where they did an entire like. Gosh, almost fifty issue run with both artist and writer being the same throughout. Um, ideally, it would be the same here, right? I don't know if that's ideal. I don't know if that's the size of this story or not. Um, I, I, I think that uh, you know that's certainly the uh, the exception, right? I mean, books, uh, even ongoing books, generally um, the the lifespan is much shorter for that, and I don't necessarily think that's always a bad thing. Um, I will say, you know, uh, um, I'm in terms of the arcs of the stories that I'm telling here, uh, and kind of what can be completed with kind of publishing realities and scheduling realities. 
um, uh, all of us are pretty cognizant of that. And uh, I think that um, mostly what you're going to see is exactly what you're talking about. Um, a kind of, you know, really there's this weird energy with Christian and I that we're almost treating this like a creator owned book, you know, um, uh, uh, sorry, a creator owned book. And, uh, it, it, you know, this, um, it is work for hire, obviously, but there's, there's this intense kind of personal attachment, I think with both of us sending each other messages in the middle of the night and stuff like this about stuff. And, um, I, uh, I think that synergy as you, as you put it, I think is going to be, I hope, uh, on display for some complete stories, the length of which uh, are going to kind of be determined by by both what length they need to be and, and the realities of the market, of course. But um, yeah. uh, you know, I, I don't I don't view working on fifty issues together as 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 any sort of goal or anything like that. I think that <laughs> no, Christian well, and I will will, will tell uh, at least a couple of. Uh, complete stories before this is all done, though, that people will, will dig. I hope. Well, I'm insatiable for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, speaking of uh, of uh, Mr. Ward, um, has it been helpful for you to have someone who's experienced in making comics as an artist? Since this is this is a new foray for you. Yeah, absolutely. Christian has been a, a sort of. I mean, maybe mentor is is overstating it, but uh, he's been he's really um, helped me learn. Uh, pacing in particular, um, and, uh, uh, kind of thinking about layout as an element of, of, of story, um, uh, of storytelling, uh, in a way that, you know, is, is you need to be trained in. It's not, um, it doesn't come to you naturally as a writer. And so, um, doing that, uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm pretty lucky. I feel like I, I threw stuff at people and mostly they were, they were pretty happy and impressed with it. So I was like, yay. But, um, but there were definitely kind of technical aspects that I'm, that I'm kind of learning on the job. And, and Christian's been, uh, fantastic in terms of, uh, both being patient and, uh, and being generous in terms of, of training, which, which will all end come to a screeching, come to a screeching halt soon because he's uh, about to have a baby. So oh, wow. <laughs> gonna, oh, leave me oh, alone. Oh. Stop asking me questions. Yeah. That's great news. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not putting his news out there. It's already on Twitter. So. Okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah, no, I'm not outing his uh, <laughs> yeah. be breaking news new fathers. <laughs> yeah. You know, one of the things I really appreciate is is uh, having you know, followed both of you guys on, on Twitter, you and, and Mr. Ward, is the amount of just joy and enthusiasm for this project because, you know, um, it's clear that both of you guys are really – digging the process and, and having fun with it. And if that's become a little rare these days, he's so, everyone's so jaded about, about uh, genre fiction these days. So I, I really like how happy you guys are playing with this and, and having a good time. And it comes through, at least with the first issue. I mean, it was just, just such fun. Um, well, thank you. That's, that's yeah. good to hear. That's good to hear. I, it has, you know, again, a check in in a year and I'll, you know, be cursing <laughs> this fucking history, right? But, uh, but, but, uh, hopefully you know, not. Right now, I'm, I'm still a, a sweet summer child, and uh, <laughs> I am, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really, um, I mean, I, I, I think I lucked out pretty big time in terms of getting a really good editor and a really good artist, uh, and a really fantastic letterer in uh, Clayton Coles, also. Yes, um, he did uh, uh, all and, the uh, heroes. And, if, if I'm giving shouts out, um, you know, even even the assistant editors at Marvel, uh, Charles Beecham, Sarah Bernhardt, have been um, just awesome. You know, so it's like there's this awesome support staff there that has probably given me a really um, inaccurate picture of how cool the comics industry is, right? And so the, the next project I work on will probably be, there'll probably be horrible people involved who are, you know, mean to me. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, and I'll, and I'll realize that it's a, a brutal, soul-crushing industry. But right now I'm, I'm having fun. Um, if you if you could write another solo for another royal family member, who would you want it to be? Now that is a cool question because people um, have asked, you know, who what Marvel character would you write, right? But I, I haven't been asked that specifically. Um, ooh, hmm. You know, it's it's it's, it's I. I wouldn't mind trying to tell Gorgon's story, you know? I, I mean, Karnak is like the, the, the cool, obvious one, but it's not like, like what's left to do after, after Warren, you know? <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, I don't know, you know? Um, and, uh, I like, like just a weird side character like Triton or Gorgon would be cool. 
But well, um, Triton sure deserves some love. He's yeah, the he, he, and, you know, I, I have to say, alas, he doesn't get tons of it in my book either. And I, I, I know he's a little poor neglected fish guy. I'm sorry. Oh, fish stick. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> we love but, fish stick. Um, but I also, uh, I also, um, you know, I could see doing a, you know, a Medusa solo somewhere down the line. Oh my god! Too, with, uh, you know, as a, as a kind of you know, warrior queen, uh, kind of type. Um, you know, she like a little, a little red Sonya vibe, you know, (laughs) but, um, uh, yeah, that's the, that's, that, that's a tough one. One question. Now, speaking of tough questions, (laughs) get ready. One question we ask all of our guests here on Adeline rising is lockjaw. Was Mm -hmm. he always a dog who became an inhuman or was he an inhuman who became a dog? (laughs) <laughs> okay uh, now I, I want to warn you that the way you answers, answer this is going to have a very drastic opinion uh, of, oh, of effect on my opinion toward you I, I, I am I'm aware that uh, uh, Inhumans fans are deeply divided about this uh, I'm afraid <laughs> I'm afraid I'm not going to give you my opinion on that here but uh, uh, there will be a well, definitive for me, um, canonical at least, answer to that question in Black Bolt. <gasps> yes. Oh, okay. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. What the heck? Yeah. yeah. So I'm not, I'm, I won't say it here, but um, in, in, in a few issues you will get an answer to that, or you will get my answer to that question. Wow. Let's just, let's just hope it doesn't get retconned in a couple of years and we have to keep <laughs> no, asking that's, the that's question. Always, you know, no decision <laughs> is permanent, you know, which is the the... the, the, the Frustrating and beautiful thing about it. Right? Yeah. So That's... we can't we can't add our tally. Well, we can add two months time. Yeah, I have to I... I have to abstain. I'm afraid. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can. So, so that means the current tally is uh, Jeff Thorne and uh, James Asmus say he was an inhuman to a dog, and then Brandon and Amy, I do believe, say he agrees with Doc and Adam. <laughs> so we're winning. We're winning. Dog. It's more of us. There it is no. right now. <laughs> we also had a. Twitter I want post. so bad to weigh in right now. But <laughs> well, yeah, well, you know I, how hard, it was. It was very hard because people have asked me this on Twitter a couple of times, and it's. I have. I have very strong opinions, but um, it's a fun debate, but, though. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Well, I'm glad that you're you're going to be you're going to strong you're opinions bold, are bold enough to 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 tackle it, and yes. I can't wait. Um, uh, to be proven correct. No. <laughs> I will be proven correct, and that's how it's going to be talk. Okay. Well, uh, to clear it up for you, uh, um, I'm I'm the proponent of Lockjaw always having been a dog because I'm scared of the idea of him being an inhuman. Oh, I think that's one hell of a story, though. I, I totally am down for him having been an inhuman and then Terrigenesis turned him into a dog because I think that's just... I don't know. It's messed up, but it's a good story, and that's what I'm all about. I think the irony we'll is we'll find out. Everybody's talking Total about little silence. <laughs> everybody, everybody cricket, seems to cricket, um, cricket. Everybody seems to be concerned about Lockjaw being a dog or an inhuman, but yet mm. they uh, they don't seem to ever mention Eldrak the door. You know who is a door? Or hub. Or hub. Yeah. yeah. Eldrak. Yeah. Somehow I am less. Disturbed by someone being <laughs> a door or an ottoman or whatever than than a dog. Like, wow! Right, there'll be a twist. He actually was originally a cat. <laughs> <laughs> he was originally an ottoman. That's not <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh um, uh, thank you so much for joining us. This has been tremendous fun, and yeah. I uh, greatly appreciate your time here on a thank Saturday. Thank you guys. Yes, yeah, thank, no, you. thank you. Very much. It's been great to uh, you know all these. Black Bolt and Black Bolt and Human fans have sort of popped up to be like, "Oh, yay! Finally!" Mm-hmm. So uh, it's 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 really cool to talk with some some diehards here. <laughs> oh, absolutely! And we can't wait to for issue two, which is out next week or the week after. Yeah, June seventh, whichever that June is. June seventh, yeah. that's right. Mm-hmm. And by that time, there'll be 30,000 more presidential scandals. Uh, <laughs> oh, <geez>. oh, dear. <laughs> Moving on. I'm just not going to comment on that. Yeah. yeah. But, I'm yeah, no. We were having such a good time. <laughs> <laughs> tried to ruin it, though. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations for getting onto Black Bolt, by the way. And thank you very much for writing such a good book. I think, you know, both you and Christian Ward have just absolutely treated us. 
It's it's been brilliant. Thank you so and, much, and thank you thank you for a kind reception. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. And for anyone listening, uh, you should please write Marvel and let them know what you think of Black Bolt because when they hear from the fans, that's that's what they they need to hear from the fans to keep our books going. So yeah. if you would like to write to Marvel um, and let them know how much you love Black Bolt or any of the Inhumans books, write to M heroes at marvel.com and just please just heap praise on all the inhuman books right now yeah. um, be sure to add okay to print yes 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 because um all three inhumans books are asking for letter pages so make sure you write to marvel and let mm. them know that hey, that's uh that's us done then isn't it <laughs> well, and you can always write episode? to us at the show yeah. at adelanderising.com forgot about that one or tweet us at adelanderising1 on twitter Thanks we'll get for listening. Seat. Yeah, thank you very much, and see you next episode. Yay! Woo.